0: First and foremostly, what is antibiotic resistance?
1: So it's, it's a very difficult term to understand because it means that the organism that is in your body has developed resistance to the antibiotic that you're using. So we've got to be very clear that it's the organism that develops the resistance and not actually your body that's developing the resistance.
0: According to your report, what are some of the contributing factors to the increase in antibiotic resistance?
1: The the, the most common cause of antibiotic resistance is too much use of antibiotics. So the more we consume antibiotics, the more we're going to develop resistance. So what the report shows is that in South Africa as with some of the other developing countries in the world, we are increasingly using more and more antibiotics. Um, And what that is going to start driving and has started to drive is an increase in our common organisms being resistant to those antibiotics.
0: Now, we're also joined on the line by the Minister of Health, Dr. Ora Mazzoledi. While we're trying to get hold of him, while he joins us, we're going to ask him a couple of questions around that. But why are people using antibiotics when they're not supposed to use it
1: so you know we we all believe that um we if we have a cold or a flu that we should get an antibiotic to treat it but unfortunately colds and flus um are viral infections and it's a different type of organism and it's not a bacteria and only um antibiotics only work for bacteria so if we inappropriately use an antibiotic for a virus we are inadvertently generating resistance in the other organisms in our body, and this is what's driving the antibiotic resistance in the country.
0: Now we're joined on the line by the Minister of Health, Dr. Motsoledi. Dr. Uh, Minister, very good morning to you and welcome. Uh, can you tell us when should antibiotics be prescribed?
2: Good morning, just and good morning to the listeners. Uh, just repeat the question, Elvis. Oh,
0: when should what? When should antibiotics be prescribed? Because it seems like people are overusing this uh, antibiotics.
2: Of course, they are. They definitely are. That's why uh, the World Health Assembly in May this year had to pass a resolution with, uh, 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 about the correct use of antibiotics uh, 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 when we are discussing the topic of antimicrobial resistance. Because of that abuse of antibiotics, we are now faced with a prospect in the world of a post-antibiotic era, where most of the commonly used antibiotics, uh, now org- organisms, become resistant to them. It, it has always been, unfortunately, a practice of, of doctors to give antibiotics, for instance, for, for ordinary flu, even when it's caused by an ordinary flu virus. Uh, if you ask many GPs, they, they will tell you that you know, the patients are demanding these antibiotics. They don't get happy when, when they just leave with a cough mixture without any antibiotics. Unfortunately, it is one of the contributing factors to antimicrobial resistance.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Dr. Kim Foray, uh, what are some of the recommendations in the report to reduce the antibiotic resistance?
1: So um, the what? CDDEP has managed to um, do a lot of work in South Africa and other developing countries. And what they've discovered is that if we've got very clear stewardship and commitment from national government, which we've shown in South Africa we have through the minister and the DG, um, you can start setting policies that will look at our future use of antibiotics and preserve them. What's also important is infection control in all our healthcare facilities but also improvement of sanitation and hygiene in the community um, and the use of vaccines for prevention of, of infections, um, Using um, appropriate antimicrobial stewardship practices. So when you are prescribed an antibiotic, the appropriate use of that antibiotic, either when you're a patient in the, in the GP setting or when the, whether you are being treated in a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. And finally, also it's about education. Making sure that we educate not only the public as to when to use an antibiotic, but also the healthcare professionals to follow the, the best practice guidelines and clinical guidelines when it's, when it's appropriate to use antibiotics.
0: Now, Minister, the report released by the Centre for Disease Dynamics, Economics and Policies um, recommends, uh, or commends rather, South Africa for uh, developing that national strategy framework to combat antibiotic resistance and, and concludes with a number of recommendations, uh, including the reduction. Of the antibiotics through improved water sanitation, minimum, uh, immune, immunization, improve hospital infection control, and antibiotic stewardship, and and also to reduce and eventually phase out uh, subtherapeutic uh, uh, antibiotics use in agriculture. What does that actually mean? Is is it saying to us that there is uh, antibiotics in our food?
2: Oh yes, unfortunately yes. Uh, with countries like Netherlands, for instance, uh, Netherlands is one of the countries that the World Organization asked to convene a, 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 a summit on, on, on this issue of antimicrobial resistance, and I attended it. That summit was uh, I mean, co-organized by the Minister of Agriculture and the Minister of Health. There they are already more advanced, they are cooperating. And they have already taken a decision to, to abolish the routine use of antibiotics in animal husbandry. Unfortunately, in our country, that is still happening, and as in many other countries. That is why the Director General of the World Organization and Animal Health has to meet and discuss this issue because the routine use of antibiotics in animal husbandry definitely contributes to, it, to this. It means, as you, said, you are eating by antibio- you are taking antibiotics without your knowledge. Because if they are used in animal husbandry, they are going to spill over into milk and, and animal products, and you take them without knowing. That also leads to resistance. Next time when you are sick, they give you the same antibiotic, it doesn't work on you. We don't know why, because you have never taken it before when actually you, take, you took it through animal products. So it is one of the strategies that uh, the routine use of antibiotics for animal husbandry is one of the things that
0: must be stopped by the world. -hmm. So, Dr. Foray, how do we then curb this practice?
1: So, so as the Minister has already mentioned, um, um, South Africa is in the process of setting up um, an antimicrobial stewardship advisory committee, um, which includes the use of um, antibiotics in animal as well as in human health and we'll have to start investigating what are the causes of use of antibiotics in the agriculture industry in South Africa and understanding the, the challenges that that industry has in terms of improving sanitation and improving um, the hygiene instead of using antibiotics. Um, and we'll have to understand that and develop policies that we can combat um, inappropriate use.
0: What is the global patterns in, in antibiotic resistance, Doctor?
1: So the the global pattern is showing an increase generally across all antibiotics, um, across the spectrum of antibiotics and across the spectrum of organisms. And that's obviously a concern because the more we're using the antibiotics, that's driving it. Um, and in South Africa, uh, we're we monitoring three key organisms. One is what they call the SuperBug MRSA, which everybody's kind of familiar with. Um, and we're looking at the trend of that. Um, We have found that in South Africa that um, percentage resistance is starting to come down slowly over time and it can be attributed to some of the practices in the hospitals around um, um, controlling the use of the antibiotics for MRSA organisms. We're also tracking Klebsiella pneumonia and E. coli. E. coli is a very common bug that happens in the community, and it's the cause of urinary tract infections. And it's one of the concerning um, organisms that we're looking at because if we're starting to develop resistance in the community, it means that your common antibiotics, oral antibiotics that are used for patients that are going to a GP with a urinary tract infection are no longer going to work, and they're going to have to be admitted for IV antibiotic treatment. And Klebsiella is an, anti- is an organism that's very commonly found in the hospital setting. It's, um, it's a, a challenging organism because we're starting to use last resort antibiotics. So if it develops resistance to the common antibiotics, we end up using last resort antibiotics. And those last resort antibiotics, when you've used that and you've developed resistance to it, we have no other antibiotics to use. And when the minister was talking about a post-antibiotic era, that is a situation we're going to see ourselves in with that organism where we have no antibiotics more that we can use. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and what, uh, which countries are most affected by this uh, antibiotic uh, resistance?
1: There's not a country in the world that's not infected, uh, affected by it. Um, It's the level that we're being affected by that that's different. So you'll find that in the developing countries like the US and the UK and Australia and most of Europe, they've got um, they're kind of ahead of us when it comes to these kind of policies that are improving the use of antibiotics um, in the clinical settings. They've also, as the Minister mentioned, they've, they've started to look at antibiotic use in agriculture. So they're far further down the, you know, the implementation curve when it comes to using it. And you'll see that generally their resistance patterns are, are lower than what you'll find in Brazil and Russia and India and China and South Africa. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Minister, uh, in terms of the, the the strategy framework, what is government doing at grassroots level to assist in the fight against antibiotic resistance?
2: Well, uh, we, we 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 are convening uh, 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 several meetings on the, on on the issue of anti uh, anti anti microbial. Uh, stewardship. I mean, microbiology stewardship, uh, antibiotics stewardship. I mean to say, uh, so so that we have got a clear policy on the correct use of antibiotics. Uh, that will involve, for instance, uh, uh, putting up a policy on the correct use of antibiotics by doctors in both public and private, giving them guidelines on on exactly what is the correct use of antibiotics. And what will happen if antibiotics are just uh, prescribed at random, uh, because there, there ought to be something that incentivizes doctors not to, just to, to go on with that type of practice. The second one, as I said, is to look at this possibility between us and agriculture uh, on the issue of animal husbandry. The third one, as it said, is infection controlling hospitals in other ways. Reduce the need for for, use antibi- for for the use of antibiotics by making sure that infection levels are low. That will be, you know, hygiene, ordinary hygiene, clear hygiene uh, in our everyday life, infection control uh, within the hospital, and the widespread use of vaccines among children so that they don't get infected. Just to give you an example, uh, Elvis, in 2008, We started a new vaccine in the country called uh, a pneumococcal vaccine. Very expensive, but we are giving it to kids. The result is that the NICT, National Institute of Communicable Reviews, did research and found that the incidence of pneumonia has been reduced by a whopping 70% by giving that vaccine, which means uh, uh, 70% of the children who will have been admitted in hospital and get antibiotics no longer happening because it has been reduced by that vaccine. Secondly, they found that the incidence of hospital admission because of diarrhea has also reduced because in the same year, we also introduced a rotavirus uh, uh, vaccine for diarrhea. So, so the use of vaccines is also going to be up so that we, we reduce the need of antibiotics because infection levels will be very low. So those are some of the steps that are being undertaken.
0: What, what is the difference between a vaccine and, and an antibiotic?
2: Well, an antibiotic is a chemical agent you give to try and kill uh, 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 that organism. It's usually a bacterium because you can viruses are not usually killed by antibiotics. It's usually a bacterium. You give a chemical to kill it. That's mm. an antibiotic. Whereas a vaccine, mm. nobody is sick. It's a chemical which you give to prevent an infection from that, uh, from that organism. In other words, to make sure when a person is vaccinated, that organism is not going to infect them. Even if it happens to infect them, it becomes very mild. So that is pre- And uh, a vaccination is a prevention. Whereas an antibiotic is a chemical that tries to treat a disease that has already occurred.
0: Well, education this morning for us. Now, Dr. Forey. Earlier we spoke about food in, agric- in agricultural products. What sort of agricultural products are we talking about? Is it daily food that people eat?
1: So, so it would be in, your, in, in all your animal proteins. So in fish, which, is, which people don't really associate with um, antibiotic use, but fish has antibiotics in it. Your, your cattle, your poultry, your beef, your pig, um, all of those kind of animals would have um, antibiotics in it. And also in, obviously in dairy So the products that come out of those animals like the dairy cows, it also would be in milk. Mm -hmm.
0: And then finally, Minister, the way forward now with this particular report by the Centre for Disease Dynamics and Economics and Policy, uh, implementation of that report? What are you doing with the study?
2: Well, as I said, this report is coming just as the World Health Assembly has passed a resolution already. It's just going to help us. Because the biggest problem is to implement. We have already taken the resolution. We already know what to do. And as I mentioned, the steps and what needs to be done. What countries must do now is to implement. And because this issue is affecting the whole world, there's going to be a sort of overall supervision from the World Health organization. We are are going to need to report back and to show uh, how far advanced we are. Because this issue affects the whole world and one country's in will affect the others. So so we are going to sit down and, and make sure that we implement the steps that are being recommended.
0: Now, I did say uh, that would be the last question, Minister, but I can't let you go without asking you the very critical question in terms of the national health insurance. How far are we? I
2: thought I've, asked that question. <laughs> I've answered that question many times. And I've already told people that as far as so, we are co- in the Department of Health and the Treasury. We have finalized the work that we needed to have done. What we are waiting for is the nearest space uh, 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 that Cabinet can give us, because we need to send it through to Cabinet to see if Cabinet members agree before it's released. It can't just be a document of of Treasury and, and, and health. It's going to affect the whole country. It's going to affect each and every government department so, each government department must see exactly what we are saying about, about them, how it's going to affect them, what's going to happen. So, after the cabinet will have agreed, then it will, it will go out. That's just what we are waiting for right yeah. now.
0: And that time frame, Minister, just briefly? Sorry? And that time frame for that uh, to, to be released?
2: Well, I, I don't set cabinet agendas, unfortunately. It will be wrong for me to talk about the time frame. If mm-hmm. I'm saying we have submitted it, the cabinet will, the secretariat will tell us that you have got space on such and such a day because it's going to take a very long time. It will, it's going to take a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one-hour one agenda. So they must give us a date on which they, uh, uh, there is space in the cabinet for everybody to listen. So I, I'm, I'm not able to determine the time frame. It has to be determined by the cabinet secretariat, unfortunately.